Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say we have Terry here today, who's a head of digital marketing. Terry, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Tom. And you? Yeah, very good, buddy. Terry, we start off the same. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your career today, and your current work? Yeah, so uh, I probably came into marketing backwards and screaming, I would say. Um, I My passion in life earlier on was sport and journalism. So at the tender age of 12, I was... Uh, lucky enough to be writing for the local newspaper um, on sport and followed that through into to college and loved it. Uh, spent some time in the US and in different places around the world in that passion and eventually um, wound my way into the Irish Examiner where I was very fortunate. There were some great people there um, that helped me along the way. But uh, I guess um, Looking at that business and where it was going, um, having a we had our first child at the time, and my wife had her second child, our second child on the way, and she says we we got to move home to Donegal to mammy. So uh, at that time, <laughs> there was very few jobs in Donegal, um, but I joined a, a company as uh, I'd spent my later time in the Examiner trying to develop the website of it and looking at the analytics on the website. Um, and joined, uh, I was fortunate to be able to join a company um, doing data analysis in customer acquisition space. And fortunately in that space, then I got a chance to grow a marketing team. Um, and now we have, um, over the last 10 years or so, we've developed a second business um, with Tabac Consultancy Services. And uh, with, with TCS, we have over 50 people here in Ireland working in the marketing space across design, content, engagement, campaign, accessibility, data, um, full suite of services for uh, internal agencies for for large Fortune 50s and 500s um, to solve their digital problems. So I guess brought into a kicking and screaming, but loving it now. Brilliant. And uh, tell me a, li- a little bit more about that. So what would you see your main skill set now and how like you're obviously overseeing quite a big operation so how how has your previous career helped with your current role yeah well i i i think the the previous career probably helped in trying to ask the right questions and try and understand the full story so that's been a benefit and then building human relationships with people because no matter how big the work we're doing or what it's about, there's a lot of trust involved um, to drive an outcome. So being able to have that interaction with multiple geographies, languages, cultures at the moment and trying to spend that time learning who they are um, really matters because then it leads to us here being able to like be more effective in what we do, I think. And and thankfully, we've built great relationships with teams and companies all around the world, which has put us in a fortunate position where we're continuing to grow right now and, and growing internationally as well with a number of locations around the world. Um, 
through Ireland as well, which is great. Yeah. And for business owners or kind of marketers, maybe strategic marketers that would be listening, what would you say is your go-to data and analytics? What kind of factors are you looking for to, to enhance and push a business forwards? Yeah. So um, I think the problem that people probably make first is trying to apply data without trying to understand why. So data as an expertise on its own is good. When you mix it with other expertise, it becomes brilliant. So design-led solutions, I feel, are probably the best way to approach a problem. And by design-led, that means going in and trying to understand the full challenge, creating those MVPs if required, testing it in the marketplace, understanding how effective that's going to be, setting controls in place for that, understanding the accessibility challenges, the, the cultural challenges in different geographies of trying to create it, trying to roll a brand out across several countries at the one time, trying to understand your target market um, and who that target market is and what's important to them. And having the data team involved at that stage um, helps them immediately understand what the KPIs and critical success measures should be. Um, and then allows them to be, I think, optimized in a way that hasn't really happened, doesn't really happen in, in, in many places where you can um, be fully aware of what the business potential is here and measure it uh, in a way that, that proves it and empowers the data team to not just measure it, but then to look towards the future in terms of how can data help solve this business challenge? The KPIs just aren't there. They won't be there by solving it in this particular way. So how can data help us um, come in and transform the entire process or the entire technology background to this, or even the people within a company so that um, it drives a better outcome for that company? Is there any go-to factors? Like, is there any... Is there anything that you you see as a constant in the data side of things that could anyone listening could apply to their business and say, "Oh, I need to check out, you know, lifetime value," or, or is there any yeah. key key metrics that you would say to anyone? Okay, these are the ones I, I would keep an eye on. I I think that's the trick. Um, people sometimes try and think that there's one single thing that they can apply to everything, um, and really what what we've found with the variety of businesses we're working with and the variety of business challenges they're trying to solve is um, yeah, there may be some similarities, but really what is that business trying to achieve? Yeah. So typically the businesses we're working with have large data sets um, and legacy data sets and new data sets, multiple ver variations of technology pulling data in, but no real understanding or way to amplify that data to to really provide value at a given time so it might be happening in pockets but is it happening across the board yeah. the one thing that we're seeing um that everyone is really talking about and trying to achieve right now is the customer data platforms so essentially um a, a place where the right data is captured in the right way so that decisions can be made to benefit that customer and benefit the business um, and how that's linked to 
Um, like I've been listening to the podcast since you asked me on, um, and it's, it's great to hear some of the challenges that teams are facing at different places. But I think how that's linked then towards social media or email or the website, as opposed to driving the website first and then looking at the, the C, how you would build a CDP into that, how your call center activity, how your customer service and activity is linked to retention of customers and how it can actually impact acquisition of customers as well. The ability to cross-sell, upsell within the markets all comes from that CDP and the insights that's able to drive you. And that's why I think each business has its own goals and its own targets within there. So it isn't an off-the-box, out-of-the-shelf solution um, that you're looking for in that space. You're really looking for something that's bespoke to a business that can um, drive real value to that business. Brilliant. Brilliant. So for listeners to, to summarize, you would say identify really good CRMs or systems that are relevant to their industry from the get-go. So you're collecting the correct data to market out from there. Exactly. Brilliant. And Terry, is there any particular campaigns or successes that you've had maybe previously in your career that you want to share with us, something that um, would add value? Yeah, I'll go to the cheesiest one first, um, which um, we we ran a campaign, soup to nuts, um, including the digital signage. And it was the digital signage part that I really loved, but it was digital signage in Times Square in New York. Um, and we had a live camera on it. Um, and I, I just thought, like, really, it, was, it wasn't the most... Um, technically challenging project it wasn't the, the the toughest project to do it didn't have the biggest outcome but at the same time uh it was uh, a group of people in donegal running a digital signage offering in times square i just thought that was kind of cool for us um yeah it's uh, very cool like I, I, yeah. it's almost like a bucket list thing for a business yeah. to have their signage on times square it's just one of those iconic uh things isn't it yeah, yeah. We, we've had other ones as well. Um, in Indonesia, we ran a campaign um, for high net wealth asset individuals, and we had a 98, 99% conversion rate on it. It was it was fantastic. And, and we learned some amazing things along the way wow. uh, in terms of how we were learning about the customer and how that customer um, in one of the advertising campaigns that we had had a we're washing a car and we were told immediately by the people on the ground, these customers don't wash their own cars, you know? Yeah. So uh, we, we learned so much along the way. And then in, in Taiwan, we did a great earned media campaign where, where we were working with a customer who was probably 20th in the marketplace, didn't have a big budget, uh, but needed to, to improve what they were doing. So we, we, we looked at earned media as being the best way to solve that and, and the most effective way and used their internal thought leadership that they weren't tapping into um, to create a media um, frenzy on that activity and, and linking it to leads and sales teams objectives. Um, so, yeah, that was that was fun because it was, I guess it was Taiwan as well, you know, um, but the probably in terms of campaigns that realistically had the most value is the ones where we, we've, again, um, integrated the, the 
design teams and the campaign teams and the demand teams and the uh, content teams and the data teams together. And, and that's one where we used, uh, um, we spent maybe six months assessing a B2B businesses issues around conversion rates um, on email and uh, looked at the data, segmented it through K-means analysis so we could really find out where the, the opportunity was. Um, found a great opportunity for that business that they weren't tapping into, created a series of campaigns around multiple, uh, on multiple channels, um, targeted the, the businesses based on that information and had a huge upsell um, in it in terms of, uh, it was over $100 million uh, in upsell in that area, which was amazing and yet so simple at the same time when you, when you stand back and apply logic to it. Wow. And uh, is there any particular softwares that you use daily that really enhances your role? Yeah, I, I think we use pretty much everything <laughs> because we're working with so many different businesses. Um, each business has its own software solutions. So um, uh, I guess what we're noticing in the marketplace now is um, a consolidation of softwares under the bigger brands. So there's obviously huge demand in Salesforce right now. Um, uh, but then Adobe consolidation, uh, given the, the full suite of assets that has from CMS through to a personalization engine, through to the, even the creative aspects of it. And then uh, Workfront, the project management aspect now being in, in Adobe is a great offering too. And then you have obviously Google um, uh, and what they have from the... the um, advertising perspective gives a great um it's probably unrivaled what they have to offer in that space but then you can have real niche skills and and areas like in in accessibility i think um i think there's a with the laws changing in that and how europe is focusing on it following the us i think uh designers and marketers need to be very conscious of getting either Depending on their business, JAWS or MVDA, um, talk over um, technologies like that so that they can test and make sure they're creating inclusive solutions for their customers um, and uh, not leaving anyone out of the marketplace. Yeah, really well said. And um, looking at yourself for a second, Terry, is there any areas you're looking to upskill into and why? Yeah, I think my team would say I have a lot of upskilling to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly trying to upskill. I think the area I'm, I'm trying to focus on at the moment is is to do some CPAC exams in, in accessibility, um, given where that market is going. Um, I'm constantly challenging myself in the data space as well, um, but I'm probably not getting enough time that I'd like in there and, and need to find an excuse to get private little execution project so i can just actually have some pressure on it for myself in that space but um yeah there there's there's pretty much i I, i'm in a fortunate and unfortunate position in that i see so many different business challenges and so many different technologies and solutions in them spaces that i i see an ever-growing list of things that i realize that if i don't do this i'm i'm going to get left behind so i need to upskill here and i need to spend some time on this so i guess it's about prioritization of them challenges right now is the biggest one for me so 
Um, I'm setting myself a goal of CPAC exams in the next uh, six months. Um, so hopefully I can get that done. Yeah, that's really good. A really good one. And uh, where do you go for your current information? So is there any sources that you go for to learn about your marketplaces and stuff in general? Yeah. And again, we're fortunate in that we like our model is design led. So we go straight into the problem space on the customer, first of all, and and, and help businesses define that and, and define their strategies there. So that's really a brilliant source for us to see what's happening across different industries and different sectors and, and, and different stages of their problem statement. But likewise, I, I spend, um, I, I use, um, the normal tools then, like I'll follow some people on Twitter. Um, Andrew Garcia there is good for um, some email and, and campaign conversion stuff, some some great stuff there. And then Gartner, Forrester reports, uh, Everest reports, uh, looking at CX solutions um, and CX problems and, and what the trends are in the next few years. Um, it's a variety of all that, I think. Brilliant, brilliant. And um, obviously, you might be one of the best to answer this question on the show yet. But looking at the uh, industry as a whole, is there anything, either future tech or the way certain platforms or industries are going, is there anything that really excites you that you want to talk about to our audience? Yeah, yeah, there's a few of them. So um, I think for the audience, this podcast, I think the one that's most important from from an Ireland and European perspective is to look at digital accessibility. So the EU has passed a series of regulations on that. And by 2025, any business uh, with over 10 people in staff or a million in revenue needs to be fully digitally accessible, debt compliant. People often will, people, people start to discover what that is. They'll think it's like a GDPR type regulation that there's a quick fix for or that there's a, a way to get around it um, with the, um, by viewing it as a compliance need. I, I would say that for marketing, accessibility improves SEO, um, performance, digital advertising, um, webinar activity, video, email, social. Um, there's a ton of stuff in there that accessibility is actually an enabler of. Um, and it isn't a case of just saying, yeah, I got accessibility. It's just increased the font size or change of color. No, there's, it forces you to really think about the end user and the end user's needs um, and the variety of needs that that end user might have. So I would say as well in, in Europe, it seems a particularly underserved market at the moment um, and the market size potential is huge there. So I, I think that if anyone's working in marketing right now, I, I think think about accessibility um, and, and what that is going to mean for you in the next couple of years. Um, and likewise, if you're on an, an, another, like so the, just so people are understanding this as well from a data point of view, um, the the White House recently re reviewed its um, future bill on um, AI and has included accessibility as a need within that space. So we hear a lot in AI and machine learning and, and, and what the team are doing about we're, we're removing a lot of unconscious bias in AI and machine learning. 
but now it's going to also include accessibility as well. So I think it's a great area for everyone to be able to upskill in and learn and do the right thing by people because it's it's essentially human right, but then also um, drive value for their business and, and their career by doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm very excited by the AI potential in digital. Uh, I can see, you know, we're probably in the next 10 years away from emails being created via AI, AI social posting created by AI, you know, to some extent putting in the right conditions and the right brand tones and voices. I'm sure that will. Yeah, out. a lot of that's happening now already. Like, um, and, and fortunately, um, TCS um, have a brilliant policy on AI and machine learning of where we try and introduce it as quick and seamlessly into a business as possible. Um, so I, I think if if you're a one-person organization and you're out there and you're thinking, I can't do all this stuff, well, look to the technology that can do it for you. Um, and if you're a part of a big company and um, you're looking at AI and you're thinking, I don't have the talent and the skills available, um, you know, think about how you can both integrate it into the team um, from a learning perspective and how you can bring it into the team from an acquisition perspective. Yeah. Because AI and machine learning in the marketing space are are just table stakes now. Um, it is just, that just gets you in the door. It's it's nothing really unique in, in, in the large uh, companies that are out there. Yeah, really well said. And lastly, Terry, we always ask this question to end the show, which is, if you could bottle up one personality trait you have yourself that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Oh, I think there'll be a lot of people laughing at this. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd like to think I'm quite positive and enthusiastic. And I think while, while them things are, are probably not key skills in, in the world, that there's a lot of soft skills that kind of go unnoticed right now. And, and I think if you're positive and you can find a way to find that solution and get the right outcome and, and you have the enthusiasm to do it, um, I think it, it helps a lot. But I, I also think that I have a lot of character traits that I need to develop as well. Um, and I'm fortunate to be surrounded by uh, a lot of good people who have excellent character traits in areas that um, I'm constantly envious of and uh, but also give me uh, a lesson in what I need to change myself and develop in myself for for um, the future growth of, of the team here. Yeah, really well said and uh, a lovely way to end the show. Terry, if anyone wants to touch base with you, how can they get in contact with you or your company? Yeah, you can reach out to me on terry.riley at tcs.com. Uh, uh, we do a number of, the, the company, just so people understand, we're, we're a community-led company. We, we, we give a lot of our efforts back into the community. Um, so we're highly involved in, in mentorship of, of people within companies and, and individuals. So if anyone ever wants any help or an idea or a question, feel free to reach out. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Terry. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks, Tom. 